Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning, everybody. I am Bart Winkler. It's great to be in for Bill on this Friday. As the Thanksgiving countdown is on, where we're going to have three, count them, three great games of NFL action, and then a Black Friday game, and then a bunch of college. Oh, it's just going to be a football-induced coma that we will be in next week. But we've still got a full slate of games this weekend in college. We've got a full week 11 in the NFL, and we got started last night with Cincinnati and Baltimore, and what a chaotic game this turned out to be. Thursday night football, Thursday night football hasn't been great. The games haven't been great. The matchups they try to make great. There is some weird flex scheduling that they added, and I put up a big stink about that. I was very upset that flex scheduling got added to Thursday night football. I think I think I still think it's really dumb that that's even possible. You know, I'm somebody who likes to take a trip a year to watch, uh, you know, my guys. And if I know that I'm going on a Sunday and all of a sudden the game's on a Thursday or vice versa, I mean, that sucks. And I don't like that. And I think that they did that to placate Al Michaels, who has thanked them on the broadcast by really just like giving us his C minus effort. And maybe maybe his effort is still better than a lot of us could do. But it's just sad because we know Al Michaels to be a lot better than this. And there were some plays last night, again, some calls last night where he still uh, just did not have the gusto that we are used to on an Al Michaels broadcast. And there was one point in this game where things got to be a little chaotic. And I I don't know that he followed along because I certainly wasn't. There was a penalty that got called back for the Ravens. They ultimately won this game 34-20. to But this Odell Beckham holding penalty, that should not have been called. At the same time, Joe Burrow is trying to throw a football, and it, like, through magic. I don't even know how to explain the throwing motion of how that football was delivered from his body. And then they stopped the game because there was some drone flying around. It was a very chaotic Thursday night football game that we were really excited for because we had, finally, a matchup of two good teams, a nice divisional matchup. We had a matchup where... Both of the quarterbacks were healthy. That was good for a change, although that turned out to be short-lived. And before that, we thought we were going to lose Lamar Jackson in this game. He eventually did not have to miss any time. But we did lose Joe Burrow, and that was a bummer to see. 34-20 to was the final between the Ravens and the Bengals. And I think when you look at this one, like the Ravens, I think the Ravens are very good. They had a bad loss last week where the Browns came back and beat them and that was kind of Deshaun's, Deshaun Watson's last hurrah here in 2023. But the Ravens, I still think, like, you got to give it to the Chiefs 
just because they continue to do it. I still like the Ravens as a team that can beat anybody anywhere. That's my big thing with the Ravens is that you put them on any situation, any field, any home field advantage, home or away, neutral field, temperature, hot, cold, snow, ice, fog, sleet, sun, whatever. I think that they have a team that can beat you. I just think that they are the most maybe, you know, some teams are built for turf. Some teams are built for December. I still think the Ravens are built for any condition. And they showed very well last night. They're the best team in the uh, league when it comes to point differential. And they've got one more game to tack onto that. But they'd still be uh, near the top, if not number one. 127 points differentiates what they've given up and what they have scored with 34 more last night from Baltimore and Lamar. And I think when you look at the AFC playoffs right now, I think because where we were looking at with the playoffs was with the NFC, it's kind of play the form. With the NFC, it was a bunch of teams that we thought would be good, and then there'd be a bunch of junk following them up. And right now that has happened. The top five records in the NFC, Eagles, Lions, Niners, Seahawks, Cowboys, you guys play it out for the final two seeds. All right, one of those teams will be from the NFC South, maybe two. Vikings have won some games. This Josh Dobbs thing is fun. Okay, it's played to form. And in the AFC, we thought it would be, yeah, let's give the let's give the West to the Chiefs. Let's give the North to the Ravens. Let's give the South to Jacksonville. Let's give the East to Miami. And those four teams right now are are holding steady. And then for the next three teams, you may have done it different, but the consensus, I think, on the top seven was there. For the next three teams, we thought it would be, yeah, let's say Buffalo, Cincinnati, Chargers, and then maybe with Rodgers, you could talk yourself into the Jets. Well, those teams right now, if you list out the NFL like a like an NBA, like the conference schedule, they'd be the 10, 11, 12, and 13 seed. So you've got your top four, your division winners. Then you've got those four teams that we all thought might get in there. And between them, you have the Pittsburgh Steelers somehow at six and three. You've got the Browns somehow at six and three. You've got the Texans at five and four. You've got the Colts at five and five. And then you've got the Raiders at five and five. That sounded like my voice squeaked, but it didn't. Borderline, but I would go... I would go testify that it didn't. It was close, but it didn't. It was closer than I think it was, maybe, but it didn't squeak. But it was very close. So do you have those teams in there that all of a sudden have kicked a lot of these teams out. And when you look at the teams that we thought might get in and the teams that are in front of them, it's going to be tough sledding for these teams to even jump the teams in front of them. So if you look at those four, again, the four that we thought might contend for spots five through eight. Obviously, one of them would have missed, but these were the teams that we thought would get in. The Jets, four and five, they're in complete disarray. This this thing with Rodgers is really getting annoying, and I say this as someone who is you know supported and, and rooted for Rodgers for a long time, but this is what he does. And I don't know how people don't see through it yet as well as I do, but didn't we not just get a report? What, what was the report last time they played? Last time they played Sunday Night Football, we got a report that he is targeting mid-December. That was the report. And then Rodgers comes on the Pat McAfee show, and he says, I never gave a date. Okay. Well, then this week we're going to find out that Rodgers is trying to get back by Christmas. 
And then he'll go back on McAfee and say, I never like this is just it's just constantly he puts a news story out there so that he can refute it to be another news story. Look, some people like privacy. Some people don't want to be in the papers. Some people need it. I think I think he needs it. So that's my uh, perpetual take on Aaron Rodgers. But the Jets, I mean, they don't know what they're doing. They know they need to move away from Zach Wilson, but they have no viable options to do it. So they're trying to, like, cut fourth-string running backs to make a difference. That's not going to work. So they're a mess. The Chargers, you are going to have, folks, you are going to have one of the worst coach games that you will ever see this weekend when Brandon Staley and the Chargers take on Matt LaFleur and the Green Bay Packers. These guys are going to try. It's going to be like watching two guys try to play chess when it's actually a checkers board. It's not going to make any sense what they try to do. There's going to be so many bad time management situations. There's going to be field goals on third down, probably punts on second. It's going to be pandemonium between this game. And when you look at the Chargers, like maybe in other years, four and five, you might have enough room to grow. But there's so many teams in front of them that's going to be tough. The Bills, the Bills at five and five, they're a mess. And their schedule, if I just look at their schedule with the Eagles and the Chiefs and the Cowboys coming up, like they're they're either losing to or barely beating the teams that they should be. So it's going to be very difficult for them to get in. And, you know, their next game is going to be very important for that. Uh, they've got the Jets. I think they'll win. But how do you know? How do you know what the Bills and then you have the Bengals, the team who we saw last night, a team who got off to a tough start, and I thought it was Joe Burrow trying to, I equated this to uh, Deadpool. If you've ever seen the movie Deadpool, this character, Ryan Reynolds' character, he cannot die. And when he does lose an arm or lose half of his body or lose all of his body, like it will grow back. He, he can't die. And it takes a while for him to revert to his pure form. And I think that Joe Burrow was reverting to his pure form for a while. They lost to the Browns. They lost to Baltimore. They beat the Rams. Then they got blown out by the Titans. And Joe Burrow, like, it didn't look right. People were getting rid of him on their fantasy teams. Why would you be that stupid? I'm looking in a mirror. I did that in the league. They would get rid of him in those situations. They would say, oh, the Bengals are done. And then Joe Burrow was back. They ripped off four wins in a row including in San Francisco and then against the Bills. And then you thought, all right, this is the Bengals team that we thought we were going to see this year. Now they're on a two-game losing skid, losing to Houston last week at home. Interesting. You know, C.J. Stroud garnering MVP consideration now. So it's they certainly lost to a – like they're, it's not the worst loss in the world without Houston's in playing. But then they lose to Baltimore, and then they may have lost Joe Burrow. And the Bengals are already going to be in some hot water because there was some video that they had shown of everybody getting off the, the bus and he had a cast on his hand and then they didn't report him as questionable or anything. And well, if you have a cast on your hand, that needs to be on the injury report. And we see teams still try to tinker with this when you can't. There, you just, you can't. The, the days of trying to hide injuries and manipulate like how your guys are feeling, they're over. There's too much else invested. Maybe that's not how they would prefer it. You know, these guys just want to go out there and play, but there's too much invested. There's too much invested, whether it's, uh, you know, the league itself, the teams itself, the casinos, the sports books, just idiots like you and me, all due respect, 
Uh, you know, just you know, throwing twenty bucks on a game like there's too much. There's too much that we have to know. Everything that's going on, you can't hide these injuries anymore. That's why everybody was upset with uh, Arthur Smith when Bijan Robinson had a cold, and I did that in air quotes, even though you can't see it, and missed most of the game. Except did, then did have one run at the end of the game just to say, "Oh no, no, we played him." That was uh, real, real Arthur Smith level maneuvering. He would be in that Matt Lafleur, Brandon Staley game of checkers. Although he would come with like the uh, the little things from uh, risk or sorry, or he'd like try to climb the checkerboard like it was shoots and ladders. Like these guys are these guys are all they they can barely coach in football games. How can I expect any of these guys to play board games? That'd be a fun topic. Who would be the worst and best coach at board games? Oof, that, that would be that would be rough watching a. Watching a shoots and ladders tournament between the NFL coaches might drive me to uh, uh, never watch anything again. That might be rough. So the Bengals, now they lose Joe Burrow, and we'll find out how long this is going to be. The Ravens themselves also had an injury with Mark Andrews. I don't think it's, I mean, I don't, okay, guys, breaking news. I don't think a Mark Andrews injury is as debilitating as a Joe Burrow injury. Oh, wow, good job. But I don't think like Mark Andrews. I, I still think the Ravens can win a Super Bowl without Mark Andrews. I still think that they can. And it'll be harder. He's a great weapon for Lamar. But I thought you saw some of those receivers last night. Like the way that Zay Flowers has emerged. If you can get a, a Odell Beckham like that, I mean that's great. They've got a fun complement of running backs. So I, I think they have plenty of weapons. It's going to be up to likely then to the other tight end from Coastal Carolina a few years ago. For him to, to to step up, so Mark Andrews a tough injury for them, but I still feel like there's, you know, I, I don't I think I think they can still walk away as the Super Bowl champions. The Bengals without Joe Burrow, obviously not, uh, obviously not, and we'll figure out just how long he is out, and then we'll try to figure out what the Bengals can do if they can salvage some of these games until they have a definitive answer. They've got the Steelers next weekend. Then they're on the road in Jacksonville on a Monday night. Colts, Vikings, Steelers, Chiefs, Browns. I mean, you're going to have to win. You've got seven games left. You're going to have to win at least four of them. And I don't know if that's even going to be enough because of how tight right now the AFC is. I thought that the AFC would turn into, like, even with way less teams and, and more weeks, it would kind of be college football-y. It would be like every game matters. Like, this was a huge game last night for playoff consideration. Yeah, it's a week 11 game. It's a Thursday night. But this was a massive game for the playoffs and seeding and all of that stuff. And it's going to determine a lot of different things. They're not clear on his availability. Burrow's going forward. Uh, Zach Taylor afterwards said the injury looked like a sprain. Cincinnati's been winning the division last couple of years when the Ravens have been struggling to keep Lamar Jackson healthy. But if you're going to miss Joe Burrow for an extended amount of time, and then if he's going to have to come back and try to re like Deadpool himself and try to regrow and gain his skill again, well, then it might just be too late. There's just so many teams that are contending for spots right now that it's really going to be wide open in the AFC, like we don't think the Raiders are that much, and we might think the Colts, whatever. But the the records, the record, the Raiders, the, your image of the Raiders in your head, 
and your image of the Colts in your head is different than your image of the Bengals and your image of the Bills. Yet they're all five and five. They're all they're all five and five. The Texans, I think they they would scare me if I'm one of these teams because C.J. Stroud is getting better every week and gaining confidence. And then the Browns and Steelers would scare me the most because the Steelers aren't great. I don't know how they're winning these games. They're getting outgained. They're getting luck. I mean, you got to be good to win, sure. But the Steelers, you play their schedule again. You do this season over. I don't think any other scenario they finish 6-3. and three. They're benefiting very well. And I think they have the Browns coming up who are going to be without Deshaun. And the Browns, like, how are they 6-3? and three? Deshaun's in one week, not one week. They're starting DTR. They're starting P.J. Walker. Nick Chubb's out for the year. And yet they're 6-3. and three. So it's these teams that are finding ways to win when they probably don't have as much talent as Cincinnati and Buffalo. And those two teams really are kind of finding ways to lose that it's just going to be tough to crawl back in there. There's still a good month and a half left of the season, but I think you can look at that game last night. And if you wanted to definitively say something, you you can make the case that Cincinnati, especially with Joe Burrow being out, that might be the one that they at least look back on and say, that's when things kind of got tarnished for us. So it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be very tough. Uh, we'll find out what this Joe Burrow injury is. No Joe Burrow, no playoffs. I think it's as simple as that, no matter how much the city wants to support Jake Browning, who looked okay at times. I mean, stat-wise, he got sacked a few times, but stat-wise, he was 8 for 14, 68 yards, through a touchdown. Uh, he, he ran the ball four times for 40 yards, but again, they're in comeback chase mode. Speaking of chase, I love the Jamar Chase touchdown where it's like pure frustration. You're so frustrated about the game. He scores a touchdown. You just like spike the ball backwards. I've, I've seen guys spike f- out of the end zone forward and in the end zone right in front of them. But he like he caught the touchdown was running backwards and just like threw it into the, into the uh, sideline. He's just like, oh, fine. I caught it. Whatever. Get me out of here. We stink. Where's my quarterback? Is he healthy? So an interesting game, very much so. The Baltimore Ravens, I think, can handle a Mark Andrews injury. It stinks, but I think they can handle it. The Bengals, obviously, without Joe Burrow, uh, there's no chance for them. So a great way to start Week 11, if you're the Bengals, uh, the Ravens, rather. A very interesting way to start Week 11 in what was a very interesting Thursday night game. Yeah, finally you get two teams that are good, and then everybody gets hurt, and there's drones flying around. 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Yet that not the main story when it came to the NFL yesterday. We had a sideline reporter who admitted that she has she has reported some light fibs. And the reaction to it, I mean, we're talking like Salem witch trial type of reaction. Very weird. We're going to try to find the appropriate reaction to the Carissa Thompson situation when we come back. 855-212-4227. I'm Bart Winkler. In for Bill Ryder, CBS Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. CBS Sports Radio. I am Bart Winkler, 855-212-4227, 855-212-4CBS. Remember, you can stream the NFL on Westwood One for free, and that is sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app. Just ask Alexa to open Westwood One Sports, or you can do it on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help you find a fix for free. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. There was a football game last night. The interesting one. Ravens beat the Bengals. And hosting the coverage on Amazon Prime Video was Carissa Thompson. And I think that she does a very nice job as a host of the proceedings. She has also been a sideline reporter in her life. And when she was on with the guys at Barstool Sports, pardon my take, she had said that, you know, sideline side reporting's tough. And there's obviously a longer context to to the soundbite we'll play, but she eventually had said things like, yeah, it's tough, uh, it's hard, it's a lot of prep, a lot of work for a little bit of time, and it, it wasn't right for me. You know, she didn't think that she was good at it or, or it wasn't just, it wasn't right for her. And along the way, as you do, and you know, you get in a, a comfortable environment, and, you know, talking on a podcast, she gave an anecdote, which turn the whole journalistic world upside down. I And I've said this before, so I haven't been fired for saying it, but I'll say it again. Um, I would make up the report sometimes because, A, the coach wouldn't come out at halftime or it was too late, and I was like, I didn't want to screw up the report, so I was like, I'm just going to make this up because, first of all, no coach is going to get mad if I say, hey, we need to skill- stop uh, hurting ourselves. We needed to be better on third down. We yep. need to stop turning the ball Pressure over. The quarterback. We need, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and do a better job of getting off the field. Like they're not going to correct me on that. Right. So I'm like, it's fine. I'll it, just make up the report. Okay. So when I first saw that, I laughed, uh, and then I thought, you, you know, it's interesting. You know, you're making things up, but also, um, that's what they would always say. So it's not like she made up. Like, oh, I talked to. Uh, I talked to, God, now I can't think of one NFL coach. I talked to Mike Tomlin. He was like, man, I just, I really hate my quarterback. Um, I, I want his offensive line to to kind of leave a hole so that Kenny Pickett can just get destroyed. It's, it's, I mean, it's like, 
we want to stop him on third down. We want to be better on defense. So the the context of what she was doing, I think, is very. First of all, I think it's very minimal. Second, the fact that she felt like she had to lie, let's say, I feel like there was an amount of pressure put on her, like either from the bosses or just sideline reporting as a whole, where you're already judged a lot, and especially women in this job, and that, that's why there's a lot of backlash, which I, well, I, I'm, I'm a man, so I, I say I'm, I'm going to understand I'll get into that in a second. But I just feel like there's a lot of pressure on people that that do that job. And a lot of times you've seen sideline reporters and they have to, once they get the job, it's not only that they get the job, they've earned the job, but then they have to earn the trust and the respect of the audience who, even though they've earned the job, if a lot of, like if a lot of us guys see a pretty lady on the sidelines, we're going to think that that's why she's on the sideline. And so I think that there's like a pressure to constantly be giving information. And if she just came out and said, I talked to the, I couldn't get the coach guys. I think she would get criticized heavily for that more or less. I don't know. We won't know, but it certainly was something that caused a lot of reaction. Uh, Tom DeCelestino is with us as always. I just, and this is one of these things where it's like, is it good? Is it good that she did this? Am I condoning that she did this? No. Is it the worst thing that's ever happened in the world? No. But if you're looking at where people are on the spectrum, Tom, I feel like I feel like we're acting like it's the latter. Like Carissa Thompson did unspeakable things and must be burned at the stake is what people are acting like. Bart, I'm glad I'm glad you gave some context to this before we played the clip. The whole point of her doing this interview with part of my take on Barstool, she said, I wasn't good at this. I don't feel like I was a fit to be a sideline reporter. I'm with you. I would never condone this. I would never say journalism 101, this is how you got to do it. If you can't find the coach at halftime, just make it up. I would never say that. Now, having said that, I'm not bothered by it. I'm not going to tell anyone else not to be bothered by it personally. Doesn't bother me whatsoever. I think Carissa's a fantastic host, and that's what she is now. She's a host, and I think she's very good at it. I'm not bothered by it. I tried to think about ways that it would bother me. It just doesn't bother me. Okay, uh, I'm going to give you some background on on my life, uh, if I can. Tell tell me about this. Because, again, this is a situation, and I'm not – I don't want – I'm no, I don't want to tell people how to feel. If you if you feel upset about this more so than me or Tom, that's fine. I think one of the things that had happened uh, in sports this last week was, and I'm a Milwaukee Brewers fan. You hear in the beginning, I'm from Milwaukee. Uh, and our manager, who for years has said, I'm a Milwaukee Brewer just like you, used that against us and then went to our rival, the Cubs. And I'm very upset about it, very much so. And I've got a lot of people telling me, Brewers fans, Cubs fans, other baseball fans, that I'm overreacting, that I'm not, I'm overreacting to this situation. That I, and I, what I'm telling them is, if you don't understand why it's such a big deal, then you don't have a right to comment on it. So I kind of look at this from that perspective because there's a lot of people there's a lot of people who saw what Carissa Thompson said and are very outraged there's a lot of the sideline reporters I mean 
pick your all-star sideline reporter, I think th- they've been, I mean, they were using words like deplorable, unspeakable, uh, all this kind of stuff, because I think what it does in their mind is we're at the top of our game, and now people are going to question everything that we do. So if if they're upset, then I, I feel like, you know, I'm not going to tell anyone they don't have a right to be upset, but I can understand how they would be the most upset. If you're somebody who's trying, this is such a hard business, and if you're trying to cut into being a top sideline reporter and you do all the work and you do everything, and then you find that there was somebody that got ahead of you and that did not do their job to the best of their abilities, and that, that would really bother, like that would really bother you and I, I would understand the right to be upset. I, I see people in the profession all the time that are ill prepared, don't care about the teams they're covering, not sure how they got the job. Their best friend is the station manager. You know, it happens and it sucks. And it's really hard then when you realize and they admit like they admit the game. That that that's really that's really tough. I think though the the most important thing for me in this is that she realized she wasn't good. She is now away, at least in her mind. I, I'm not judging how she was as a sideline reporter, but she that's not for her. She wants to be on TV. I thought she's always been good on the, you know, she was doing the Fox kickoff stuff. Maybe she still is. She does the Amazon. I think that Carissa Thompson as a host is pretty good. And they didn't mention it last night at all on Amazon, which people I think might have been waiting for. But for the calls to have her stricken from the business or to have her fired or to have her, I think I think that's just very reactionary and very extreme. And you're firing, you would fire her. You're you're mad at her for she did something wrong. Let's say let's say we agree she did something wrong, making things up, even though again, the what she made up is so minor. It's so minor. It's like asking People, uh, you know, go out and get get people's opinions on the weather and come back to me. And you go outside and you can't find anybody, but it's rainy and cold. And you come back and you're like, "Ah, I don't know. They they hate they hate the weather. It's it's a bad day. Oh, okay. It's like uh, she said what they were likely going to say anyway, and what they've said to her multiple times. So I don't think like again we're reacting as if she said something totally outrageous, slandering people, uh, making a mockery of the profession. She really just like re-racked a story is what she did. She like took an old story and just changed the words for the time setting. I'll tell you what. I used to be a TV reporter. I used to be a TV reporter where I would have to go out and talk to people and get man on the street sound uh, just for a local TV station. And I would have to, and I'd have to do all this. And that was the part of the job I didn't like. I did not like going up to strangers I didn't like like going to the mall and being like, hey, you want to be on TV? You know, I didn't like any, I hated that part of it. So, and I, I haven't been, okay, I'll do the Carissa now. I haven't been fired for this, so I'll admit it here because I've said this before. Guess what I used to, guess what I used to do? Guess what I used to do? And now is this going to get me in trouble because it was something I did 15 years ago at a job I wasn't good at and have left the profession? I hope not. I used to call my friends and say, meet me at the mall. I'll put a microphone in your mouth. I'll tell you what to say. You'll be on the news. Tom, am I, am I, did I tear down journalism with that? Absolutely that, not. You don't think that, 
people throughout their radio careers have have told friends, "Hey, I'm hosting from you know two to four Central Time. Call the show, say whatever you want to say. You'll be on the radio." Come on, people do that stuff. They do it. People want to be outraged. They want what she did was wrong. Yes, it was wrong. We can all agree on that. We would never condone it. But the context of it matters. It just does. She knew she wasn't good at it. That's what she was trying to say. And I think there were a lot of people who reacted yesterday and were very upset. And they feel like they have the right to be upset. And I feel like that was okay. I also feel like there were a lot of people that saw that there was a mob and joined the mob and wanted to show everybody that they were in the mob too. And I think that that's not okay. And I think that that's a problem. And there's there's no story that sports media loves more than a story where sports media can be a part of the story and also feel the victim. So I think there was a lot of that going on yesterday too. So I think that... I think that there's a lot of people that saw this Carissa Thompson story and heard what she said, and they are outraged. And I'm not going to tell them they can't be, and I think that some people are fine to be. But I think the fact that this became what it was, it's just it's just a part of the... Like this stuff, uh, someone says something on a podcast that they did 15 years ago, or 10 years ago, and then it's the top story, and now... Like, the way that it spreads through social media, this stuff doesn't happen. This, this, this is the stuff where 20 years ago, she says this in a book, you know, we giggle at it and we move on with our lives. But instead, in the society that we have created for ourselves, it is this, you know, massive, massive thing of fear and rage that we all have to be a part of. And I, I would hope that we can, like, realize that that is wrong as well, but I don't, I don't think we will. I don't think that we're going to learn anything from this. And in fact, we're just going to keep that, you know, that snowball coming down the avalanche of rage. And it's just going to be bigger and bigger until, uh, I don't know. But so she did something, she did something naughty. Okay. Slap her on the wrist. Don't, don't put her in a timeout. Let's not be like trying to tear down everything she's done in her whole career. 855-212-4227. Let's get an update. Emmanuel Barbari. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. CBS Sports Radio, my name is Bart Winkler, in for Bill Ryder today. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4CBS. Talking about Carissa Thompson, I, I just think a lot of times, like, we have anger. I think I think the human brain and the human 
body and our soul, we have we have anger. Uh, some people have found Zen through meditation or whatever, but you know, for a lot of us, there there is anger, and we're always trying to find where we can place it. And then a lot of times, I feel like it's misdirected. I think if there was anybody that we should have been rallying after yesterday, it should have been John Fisher, the owner of the still Oakland A's. They're playing another year in Oakland. Is that right? How? What is that going to look like? They are, we already knew they were moving, and now they're definitely moving. Like We already, we already knew that you know he was messing around with Vegas. Now they made it Facebook official, and now they're going to still live with us for a year? How's that going to work? The outrage should have been against Oakland. The whole time that this guy took over this team, he wanted out. He wanted to move. He didn't want to be there. He didn't put any investments into the team. They put no investments into the stadium. It was just a complete and utter disaster. They bought the A's, he did, his group in 05, and they've never had a payroll higher than 18th in the league. And that was the first three years. First three years in the league, his payroll was 19th, 19th, 18th, and then it was bottom four for many years. They got back up to 24th highest in 2021 because I don't know how. They must have had, somebody else must have had a check bounce or something. But the worst payroll in the league, not even trying the last two years. And somehow, you know, the A's still, like, were supporting their team. And it's just, the whole thing stinks because this was a guy who had the agenda to make the fan base so, like, apathetic about the team that then he could say, well, nobody cares about the A's, so I'm going to move. And he he had this plan. It took him 18 years. He executed it, and it, it paid off. He's moving to Las Vegas. He's getting the city of Las Vegas and the state of Nevada to pony up some bills, and now he's going to have this new stadium in 2028, and uh, the money's going to be flowing in, and it's going to be incredible. And I'm not so sure that this is going to work out for him. I think this might be a grass is greener situation. Like Vegas is an attractive market, but it's an attractive market not for like the people that live there. It's more of an attractive market because you know how many like like you can sell your tickets. So these Raiders games, tickets are going for 300, 400 bucks. I mean, it's unbelievable. Tickets are going for a lot of money. And it's because it's people traveling to Vegas to then watch their team. I don't know if there's going to be enough local A's fans to keep this thing viable. I also don't know if there's going to be enough. Like now, now the Vegas market, which used to be this real shiny thing that nobody could touch, we might get to the point where it's oversaturated. Where now we got the Raiders and we got the Golden Knights and we might get an NBA team and we might get a baseball team. And we are Vegas. You know, you're going to be competing. You've got 80 shows every night. You know, you're going to be competing for a lot of people's attention. And then I think that baseball might be a little far behind on this. And I just don't know that baseball is like the sport that's going to drive people. If you're talking Vegas, you're thinking like the NFL can play in Vegas. Hockey is played in Vegas. Basketball is played in Vegas. Is baseball going to play in Las Vegas? Like Las Vegas... Go, go, go. Fast, fast, fast. Win, win, win. Fun, fun, fun. 
baseball. I, I don't I don't know, but that's John Fisher's bet. And I'm I, as as mad as I think that we all should be that this guy plucked this team out of Oakland. And really, I feel so bad for Oakland. They did lose the Warriors. Yes, Golden State across the bay. Oakland and San Francisco are not the same city at all. They lost their team. They can still root for them. They can still get to the games. They lost their team. The uh, Raiders, yeah, the Raiders. Again, another team moving to Vegas. They lost their team. There was that part of town, the Coliseum was right next to Oracle, and it was like a busy part of town, and now it's just parking lot and two buildings that hardly get used for anything. It really sucks. I really feel bad for sports fans in that city who did everything they could to support the Golden State Warriors and supported them so much that it actually hurt them and then have done everything they could to support the Oakland Raiders, but they saw bigger lights and were basically trained not to support the A's, and so the A's skipped town. And as as mad as I am at this one particular owner, I'm also mad at the other 29. I'm mad at the other 29 for just pushing this thing through and letting it go through as quick as possible because it just shows me like that the the things that we should be cherishing about the game they the money money to the top again and that I understand it's a business but it it sucks when it's so blatantly a business that's why the strike killed me in 94 i know it's a business but then they went on strike and then i realized oh okay this is it's all, it's all about money like they're playing a game but really it's just about whose bottom line can be the biggest. And what it bothers me the most with these owners is, you know, there's other teams still sniffing around and trying to get more money from the state. And, you know, it's billionaires asking for millions of dollars. And it's like, this seems kind of unfair. They probably weren't going to John Fisher like, all right, you did something that we don't think you should have done. You shouldn't have moved the team, but we understand the predicament that you're in. So, we're not going to step in your way. It's your team. We're just going to be here. Okay, go ahead, and and we'll help you move. That's probably not what the meetings were like. I'd more imagine that the meetings were like, so, John, it took you 18 years to completely take a fan base and a franchise that you know had some history to it and uh, was, was making the playoffs consistently, and it took you 18 years to make everybody apathetic about the team so that it looked like it was their fault and not yours. That's very interesting. Uh, any advice for how we could do it in half the time so that so that we could move? I just feel like the whole thing is, is dirty. I feel like the whole thing is bad. I feel like the whole thing is wrong. I don't like how the A's have now approached this. Uh, John Fisher finally talking in front of people and saying, like, this hurts me more than it hurts you. No, that can't be. The A's, the A's, like their social media accounts, they're dancing on the Oakland fans' grave. They're already like they're already in Vegas, as far as they're concerned. This guy doesn't sign free agents, won't re-sign his own guys. The stadium that they play in is a dump because he puts no money into it. Wouldn't work with the city at all. Wouldn't give them any money for a new ballpark. Oakland wanted to keep the A's. They tried to keep the A's. And he's just like, no, no, this is what we're doing. Won't talk, barely on camera, finally on camera the other day, 
but that was it. It's just a really evil thing that he did, and that's the part about sports that sucks. You know, we do get very riled up about our teams. We really do. And I got to remember, like, at some point, especially with professional teams, I might I might think that the only teams to root for, like, truly root for and give your heart to are college. Because while they might suck and they might cheat and they might fire their coach and owe them $90 million, like, they're still always going to be there. The college, they're not going to move. Texas A&M isn't going to move to Las Vegas. The team will still be there. All these other teams that we root for, as wild as it seems for some of these you know, legendary teams, they could move. They could move if the ownership, because they are properties. We root for teams that are essentially properties of other people. And, you know, the Green Bay Packers had a stock sale. Everybody makes fun of them, but they're never going to move. All these clubs in England, these soccer teams, they are owned and run by the fans, and they have an investment into it. They have a stake, which allows them to be more passionate, to be more giving. You can't just, you know, park your team around the country like it's a circus. There's no attachment to it. Sure, we might come watch a night. Hey, you went to the circus. But you got to make an attachment to it. And John Fisher could have had that in Oakland, but he wants that in Vegas, and I don't think it's going to work. Worst of luck, sir. Bad speed to you. Writer than you, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 